0: Let's start with a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed the art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. I'll start with a brief apology right in the beginning. It'll be a slightly personal, then we'll get right into the teaching of the church so bear with me for a moment. Uh, yesterday was uh, just about completely insane. Every, even though I'd set it part-time to do something really important, every time I turned around to do something, the phone had rang or something urgent would come up or a new problem or what have you. It, it actually began to get almost ridiculous after a while. What was going on? I'll read you something from St. Louis de Montfort and then we'll talk about it de Montfort, God has never made and formed but one enmity, but is an irreconcilable one which shall endure and grow even to the end. It is between Mary, his worthy mother, and the devil, between the children and the servants of the Blessed Virgin, and the children and the tools of Lucifer. The most terrible of all the enemies which God has set up against the devil is his holy mother Mary. He has inspired her with so much hatred against that cursed enemy of God, with so much ingenuity in unveiling the malice of that ancient serpent, with so much power to conquer, to overthrow, and crush that proud impious rebel, that the devil fears her not only more than all angels and men, but in a sense, more than God himself. In the first place, because Satan, being proud, suffers infinitely more from being beaten and punished by a little and humble handmaid of God, and her humility humbles him more than the divine power. And secondly, because God has given Mary such great power against the devils, that as they have often been obliged to confess, in spite of themselves, by the mouths of the possessed, they fear one of her sighs for a soul more than the prayers of all the saints. And one of her threats against them more than all other torments. Close quote, St. Louis de Montfort. So what does that have to do with everything going crazy? Well, I'd set aside the time to write a sermon for today, and someone who knew the topic was going to be wanted to do everything in his power to stop it. It's pretty typical when you go to write a sermon about the Blessed Virgin. It's the Feast of Immaculate Conception, and we'll talk today a little bit about a current attack on Our Lady, so it shouldn't surprise us that the devil would try to interfere. Now the Bible tells us that the serpent is the most subtle of all the creatures that God made. The devil's the most subtle. He's the most sly, the most crafty, the most cunning, the most insidious creature. So everyone listen carefully. I'll read something briefly and you'll probably be able to tell what the devil's up to. I'll only hit a few paragraphs to make it uh, fairly obvious anyway title, The Nativity Story, Biblical Tale Gets Artful, Reverent, Deeply Affected Retelling in New Film, New York Catholic News Service. In an effort to reach as wide a market as possible, most Christmas-themed movies come gift-wrapped in a secular brand of sentimentality that completely misses the true meaning of the holiday, but Hollywood finally gets it right with The Nativity Story. From the opening strains of the soundtrack, hints of the Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you know you're in good hands. Dot, dot, dot. The Bible story gets prestigious treatment in director Catherine Hardwick's artful, reverent, and deeply affecting retelling. Dot, 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 dot. Uh, Paragraph near the end. Amid the Christmas pageant elements, there are a few brief images. The Slaughter of the Innocents, for example, that may upset very young children. Both Mary's and Elizabeth's painful labor are vividly depicted. Okay. Before we go on, I'll point out this review comes from the Office for Film and broadcast of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Uh, this office is the same one that recently reviewed uh, a movie about a politically correct sinners in Wyoming and said, quote, the universal themes of love and loss ring true. Close quote. Okay, so what's wrong with what we just read here? What's wrong with it? It's sheer and utter blasphemy. But it's not obvious to most people that it's blasphemous. The serpent is cunning. Before I even point out why it's blasphemy and what what the implications are on that, remember that. Satan has his plans for the pious he doesn't usually come out with big banners for them. He has plans for the imp- impious. Our whole society is set up. That's what the culture of death's about. For the people trying to be pious, he has plans too. And who do we just hear is his greatest enemy? The Blessed Virgin. So if he can get a swipe in at her, he's really scoring big points. And if we'll pay money to see it, even better. Okay. Before we get into particulars, let's pick up the Catholic dictionary and remind ourselves of blasphemies. Quote, speech, writings, including films, etc., which insult or show contempt for God or detract from His honor. Such insults are, whether such insults or contempt be intended or not. Blasphemy against God is committed indirectly by speech, and so forth, showing insult and dishonor to or contempt for His church, the saints, or sacred things. The gravity of this sin depends on the kind of blasphemy. Close quote. Catholic Dictionary. Obviously, to insult and mock the Blessed Virgin is one of the most serious blasphemies. Remember what St. Alphonsus says we ought to do with blasphemers. Quote, The mouth of the blasphemer should be struck and he should then be stoned as the old law commanded. Close quote. St. Alphonsus, Bishop and Doctor of the Church. Okay, so what's wrong with this? It says that Mary's painful labor is vividly depicted. Our Lady didn't have painful labor. We'll get into that in a second. But that's a direct attack on two things. On the first surface, it's an attack on what the point of today is. Today is the Macula Conception. Because what are we celebrating today? The fact that there's one of us, one human person, that God... Preserved from original sin. Let me read the dogma and then explain why this is an attack. Here's the definition of the dogma of the Immaculate Conception made by Blessed Pius IX on December 8, 1854. We declare, announce, and define that the doctrine which states that the Blessed Virgin Mary in the first instant of her conception by unique grace and privilege of Almighty God And in consideration of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race, was preserved free from all stain of original sin, is a doctrine revealed by God and therefore must be firmly and constantly held by all the faithful. That's the definition of the dogma. Now, one of the punishments for original sin is pain in childbirth. Our Lady was spared that. She's the Fathers, and I'll get into some quotes from the Fathers right now, and, it's, and just say, but I'll point something out. Our Lady was spared it because she, as the Our Lady of Sorrows, got all the pain at the other end with her son. Huh? She was spared in the delivery, but then when the Church was coming into being, she is the Mother of the Church, standing there, Mediatrix, at the foot of the cross. Jesus suffered more more pain than all of the Mars combined right then. So, and, and that was bringing forth the church as it was, becoming our mother as the mother of sorrow, standing faithfully at the foot of the cross. But in the delivery of Christ our Lord, nothing doing. Okay? How was he born? Well, the Easter fire is a liturgical representation of what happened on Easter. On Easter, we strike a fire with a flint and steel. Why? It symbolizes our Lord passing through the rock like a spark. The angel is the one that rolled the rock back. That's because, and the tomb was empty, because our Lord came out of this tomb that had never been used, a virgin tomb, and he went right out through the rock in his his resurrected body. And it's, it's very similar to that with the birth. I'll read you from Bossuet, a great French preacher who's summarizing uh, what the father said, and then I'll read from some of the fathers. Okay, Bossuet. quote, He comes forth like a shaft of light, like a ray of the sun. His mother wonders to see him appear all at once. This confinement is as free of cries as it is of pain and force. Miraculously conceived, he is born more miraculously still. And the saints have found his being born even more wonderful than is being conceived. Close quote. Here's just a couple fathers. In my little library, it only took me a couple minutes to find the stuff. St. Cyprian. Instead of purple and king's linen, swaddling bands and folded garments are got together. The mother is the midwife. To her beloved offspring, she proffers devoted homage. She clasps, embraces, kisses, and offers him her breast. The whole occupation full of delight. There is no pain. None of nature's offensiveness in her confinement. Here's some of the fathers that have defended this. St. Ambrose. These are just what I found. St. Ambrose, St. Ignatius the Martyr, St. Aristides, St. Clement of Alexandria, St. Or- or Origen, St. Gregory of St. Athanasius, St. Didymus the Blind, St. Augustine, St. Jerome, St. Ephraim of Syria, St. Thomas, St. Alphonsus. Okay, back to this real quick. There's an attack here also, and I I don't want to go into any of the gory details because after I was blowing up uh, to Father Gordon about what is this and what's going on and and why aren't they throwing thunderbolts against this, he got an email from friends of his that had just been to the movie. I'm not going to read much out of it it, because I'm not going to repeat this stuff because I don't... I'm not going to repeat this stuff. Anyway, I'll just uh, w- when you get more details, you realize there's an attack, not just on the fact she wasn't in pain, there's an attack on her perpetual virginity. So let's remind ourselves of this uh, dogma. Mary's perpetual virginity. The church teaches three truths concerning Mary's virginity. That she was a virgin in conceiving our Savior, she's a virgin in giving Him birth, and she remained a virgin her whole life through. First, Lateran Council. If there's any doubt, this summarizes both of them. This is in 649 in the Lateran Palace in Rome. So the first Lateran Council under Pope St. Martin. Canon number 3. If anyone does not properly and truly confess in accord with the Holy Fathers that in the true and proper sense the Holy Mother of God, an ever-virgin and immaculate Mary in this last age, not with human seed but of the Holy Spirit, she properly and truly conceived the Divine Word himself who was born of God the Father before all ages, and that she gave him birth without any detriment to her virginity, which remained inviolable even after his birth, let him be condemned. So there we have it again. Okay. Now, I want to make a couple more comments on this, on the movie. I will read it. Well, I won't read. I'll make a couple discussions of, some, one of one of the other things. Well, they're traveling to Bethlehem. This is going from the notes from his friend that went to this movie. Uh, Mary and Joseph are walking through a market, and a palm-reading woman offers Our Lady a piece of cheese or bread or something. She accepts. And then the sorceress reads Mary's palm and claims she's going to have a son. Mary accepts this prophecy with a smile, and Joseph shook the woman's hand, thanked her, and they keep going on their journey. Hello? Hello? I mean, in in the devil's wildest dreams or something, we're talking about witchcraft here. Do you think Our Lady's going to go for this? I don't think so. Or St. Joseph? What was the punishment for this back in those days? Stoning. Joseph would have been the first one to get a stone and start throwing rocks. It would have been a massacre. This is just unbelievable. And we're putting this in a movie and and saying this is something good about Our Lady? This is total blasphemy. There's other stuff. I'm not going to even go through it. I'll just, I will. Before I enroll in the miraculous medal, I'll make one more point. This May 29th, 1930, Sister Lucia, quote, when I, she, her, her confessor, before I quote her, her confessor gave her a series of questions in writing to find out. One of the things he wondered, why is not there like nine first Saturdays or seven or something? Why is it five? Why not for Our Lady's Sorrows or this or that? Why is it the five? So, Sister Lucia asks, quote, My daughter, the reason is simple. There are five types of offenses and blasphemies committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Number one, blasphemies against the Immaculate Conception. The movie. That's number one. Number two, blasphemies against her perpetual virginity. The movie. That's number two. Number three, blasphemies against her divine maternity and refusing at the same time to recognize her as the mother of men. Number four, blasphemies of those who publicly seek to sow in the hearts of children indifference or scorn or even hatred of this immaculate mother. The movie. Number five, the offenses of those who outrage her directly in her holy images. So I think, you know, unless I'm completely misunderstanding Sister Lucia, I think for three of the reasons that we're making reparation, at least are contained in what I know of this movie, do not support this kind of filth. We need to pray. We need to pray that the bishops get out some big thunderbolts and start throwing at them or something. But certainly do not support this kind of thing. And it's subtle. See, it's not a direct funnel attack. It's to, to denigrate Our Lady... Without making it obvious, remember the serpent is the most subtle of all creatures. It's very good from that point of view. He's doing a good job at what he does, which is taking swipes at people that we're not supposed to notice unless we're paying close attention. Keep away from it. If you love our lady, you will. All right. I'm going to enroll you on the miraculous medal. all it, it ups the Andy when, when you carry the miraculous medal. Even if you lose the particular one we've given you, that's fine. You just keep one on you. It's, it's an enrollment, so the enrollment stays with you. But it puts you that miraculous medal is a medal struck in honor of her immaculate conception. We call it the miraculous medal because there's so many miracles associated with it. So you want to keep one of those around, have an extra one in your pocket to give to somebody who's having a bad time or whatever. They're great. They're bullets from heaven. Okay. I'll go ahead and enroll you if you all want to kneel down.